Hi, welcome to another episode of Small Doses with Laura Sell. Today I am embarking on a new topic and the topic is me. Now let me put a disclaimer out there before I get started. I am not a doctor and I don't play one on TV, but I am a patient and I have had several diagnoses over the years. So, let's just go back to the beginning of when all of this trouble probably started. As a little kid, I am nine years younger than my only sibling, so we're like two only kids. And I guess by the time she went away to college and I was old enough to wake up and find things in the kitchen on my own to feed myself on Saturday morning, as I watched my Saturday morning cartoons, I'd probably have a bowl of cereal or a Pop-Tart or a couple of Pop-Tarts or a handful of cookies or whatever while my mom and dad slept in. And that was probably the beginning of all of my bad health issues. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Oh my goodness. All those wonderful things that companies like Kellogg's and whatever said were so good for us and Oh, they promoted those commercials to kids every Saturday morning while we watched our favorite cartoons. And I can imagine I was probably not the only kid in America who was pigging out on all of that sugar, all of those carbs, because it was Saturday morning and you didn't have to go to school and so you could eat that stuff, right? Not to mention the things that would probably be in our lunch boxes, like snack pack pudding and uh, other things that our parents put in, the chocolate chip cookies and the fudge cookies and all of that. So having said that, we now know that a lot of the things that we ate then weren't good for us. And what a lot of us probably don't know is how all of that junk probably affected our health as we got older. Well, it affected our health because it also affected our habits. So even as we got older, and we may have moved away from some of the sugary cereals, or the obviously sugary cereals, and we may have moved away from the Pop-Tarts, or maybe not, but we continued to crave that sugar, so we found it in other things. The sauces and condiments that we add to our foods were also laden with sugar. So what happens down the road, we start, you know, when we get sick, you stay sick longer, and then as you get older, you start getting the diagnosis. So for my 40th birthday, I had them all, honey. I was already having fibroid tumors and they were supposed to remove those tumors, but I didn't get the tumors removed because sometime that summer, they also discovered that I had type two diabetes. We'll go into detail about that on another episode. But once they found out I had the type 2 diabetes, they also found out I had thyroid disease. And not only did I have thyroid disease, I also had rheumatoid arthritis. So for my 40th birthday, if it had an itis in it or an oid in it, I was diagnosed with it. Um, so 40 was not my best year. Or maybe it was. We'll see how that pans out as we move forward in this season. So, but as a kid, I was chubby and I had other little things that would plague me as a little girl. Um, oh, I had terrible allergies. 
my, my immune system was shot as a kid. You could look at me sideways and I'd catch a cold. I miss more field trips than probably any other kid in America. How I was always sick in time for a field trip, I don't know. I missed a whole lot of things that Alabama probably had to offer me because I was usually at home sick. And no fault to my parents, no shame to my parents. They didn't know. They didn't know any better. We all do what we do because we know what we know. We know we do better when we know better. And so I'm just telling my story and I'm sure I might be aligned with somebody else out there. So this year I wanted to talk about how the setup put me where I am and how I also set my kids up. Now I went in as a parent making sure I could avoid sugar. I didn't give them candy and I didn't give them sweets, but I married into a family that likes sugar. They love it. And so my husband being a soldier, he'd be going away. And so, you know, soldiers are kind of like divorced dads. They try to, you know, do all the fun stuff when they come home. And so I had sugar-free children and then dad would come home and give them candy. And they were like, oh my God, candy. We like him a lot better than we like you. So then he'd be home for a period of time and then he'd deploy and go somewhere else and then I'd get him sugar-free again. And here he comes again with a bag of candy. So that yo-yo didn't happen because one of them fell off the sugar wagon real hard. <laughs> and uh, the other one kind of was in the middle of the road. So um, my best effort wasn't good enough because I really didn't have the tools that I needed to truly understand what I was doing to my kids. Um, the dental appointments and the cavities and you know, the other health issues that that they may have had as kids because of stuff I did. Um, but like I said, when you know better, you do better. So um, I thought I was feeding them better things. But back then, we were eating things out of cans and things out of boxes. And all of that stuff is processed. It has preservatives in it, you know, to keep it fresh, to keep it shelf stable for a period of time. And um, so we did what we knew to do because society was telling us, media was telling us, magazines were telling us, television was telling us. We all remember the Jolly Green Giant, ho, ho, ho. And so we ate the stuff in the cans. Oh, the Swanson's dinners and the banquet dinners and all of that sodium and stuff we were uh, ingesting and eating probably set us all up for big diagnosis. Now, the one thing I don't have is high blood pressure. Thank God for that. I don't want it. Uh, people always look at me and see that I'm heavy and they assume that I have it, but I don't have high blood pressure. But I got all the other stuff. So if you're like me, you grew up in a home where you were fed stuff that you now know was probably not the best. And you probably raised your kids like I did, not knowing any different. And you went down the same path. I mean... We're not pointing fingers and blaming anybody. We're just acknowledging that this is what happened. Our parents did the best they knew to do. and We did the best we knew to do. But what I want to share with you is it's not too late to change some things to get your health better and ensure that your kids and grandkids have, have a better opportunity. Um, what else have I been diagnosed with? I, I said the fibroids, um, the thyroid disease. Well... Naturally, how could I forget obesity? 
that's definitely been one of my plagues for a long time. Uh, we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to say the old word because people will fat shame you. Well, we fat shame ourselves enough. We don't need the public to do it. So, um, yeah, obesity is actually a disease. Um, you, you've got too much fat around your, your internal organs for them to do the work that they're supposed to do to keep you healthy, to keep you alive. So as we move forward in this season, I'm going to talk more about me and my diagnosis. So the first one I think I'll share today is uh, freedom has an opinion. Hold one moment. Freedom needed some carrot breaks. My dog eats better than most people. But anyway, <laughs> so I'll start with the first diagnosis. I had fibroid tumors. Well, growing up as a, a teenager, my menstrual cycles were from hell. I had cramps so bad that you could forget going to school on the first day of school. It wasn't going to happen. I was not going to make it to school. Um, or if I made it to school and the cramps came, we had a friend on speed dial, even though speed dial didn't exist back then. We had a neighborhood friend, one phone call. She was on her way to pick me up, take me home, where I learned to shelter in place with a hot water bottle, uh, a bottle of Tylenol, hot tea. In fact, it was so bad that I could barely walk. So my mom set up a, a hot plate in the bathroom so that I could make my tea close to my bedroom and not have to walk all the way down to the kitchen. It was bad. I had it bad. And so that followed me into my adult life. And um, after kids, that part stopped. But after kids, I ended up having fibroid tumors. Well, I think it was the summer of 2003. I had a fibroid tumor so big that it was pushing on my bladder. And my doctor was looking at removing it. And she was thinking about just giving me a full hysterectomy. I was game. I was like, hey, I ain't using this stuff no more anyway. Not having any more kids. Doc, do what you got to do. Take it. Let's go. So, Freedom, he is sitting in an uncomfortable place, but he's happy. Um, he's out of carrots, so he's going to have an opinion in a few seconds. So say hello to everyone, Freedom, since you're there in the camera. Anyway, I did not have the hysterectomy um, because the second diagnosis became aware, which was diabetes. But the fibroid tumors were so bad that my cycle would last for 30 days. It literally would drain every bit of energy out of my body. I would just be weak. So the doctor tried several different things. Uh, she tried birth control. That helped a little bit. Um, I can't even think of all the other medications she tried at this point. But they tried different things before we got to the point of having to talk about a hysterectomy. Um, I'm sure there's some of you out there who are having similar problems. Um, so what ended up happening to address my fibroids without me getting into the why we didn't do the hysterectomy. I moved and found another doctor. Well, I had no choice because we changed locations. And this young guy, uh, awesome doctor, um, he told me, he said, well, Mrs. Johnson, you're too young. I just don't want to give you a hysterectomy. And I was like, no, go for it. Not having any more kids. I'm done. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's not because of that. He says, you know, your uterus is so important to your body. And I don't want to 
you know, make you have to go through the things that people go through when they have a hysterectomy. He says, I think we could work around this and save your uterus. And I was like, okay, if you could do it and save my uterus, do what you got to do. But if you can't, I'm okay with it. So what he did was an endometric ablation. And you can Google it. You can look it up. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, basically it's like taking a ball or a balloon and it's filled with some kind of solution and they insert it into your uterus and they let it go and the fluid does whatever it does to destroy, shrink, shrivel the fibroids. Well, my procedure was successful. I still have my uterus and got rid of the fibroids. So I'm thankful to that doctor because he prevented me from having to have major surgery and, uh, shh, shh, and, and, and losing my uterus and having other hormonal issues that I probably didn't need. So that's one diagnosis and, and that was the treatment. So if you're a, a young woman and you're having some of the similar, shh, you're having some of the similar diagnosis, then you can ask your doctor the questions, you know, um, do I have to have my uterus removed? Are there alternatives? The first doctor didn't give me any alternatives, and I didn't know to ask. At that point, you know, Google machines were kind of, well, they weren't new, but people weren't doing that much research on the internet for that stuff. I don't think they were. I was, and I was busy raising kids, going to work. I didn't have time to think of that stuff. The doctor said it, so I believed it, and I was ready to go for it. Um, but what I also learned from this lesson was, don't always be ready to take at face value everything the first doctor says. Get a second opinion. Get a third opinion. Because I would have been laid up, who knows how long, you know, from a hysterectomy and all the side effects that I possibly would have had to have. And I didn't have to have them. So we're going to wrap today. Today's topic was the fibroids and how I was able to keep my uterus and um, get my uterus back healthy and get rid of the fibroids. Haven't been bothered with fibroids since. And it also sent me into a state of menopause, which I greatly appreciated that because at the age I was, I was tired of Aunt Flo. So Aunt Flo is gone, has been gone. Yeah, TMI, fellas, if you're listening, you probably don't care. It's okay because we're here talking about my health journey. And we have to be transparent about these things because when you hide information and people don't get everything, they don't know. And if you don't know, you can't ask questions. If you don't ask questions, People will do to you whatever they think they can or will do to you. So ask the questions, are there any other alternatives before I have a hysterectomy? So we'll see you on the next episode of Small Doses, where we'll pull another one of my diagnoses out of the hat, and we'll talk about that one. So have a great day, and maybe the next time we get together, Freedom won't have so much to talk about. See ya. This has been another episode of Small Doses with Laura Cell. Happy health to you. Bye.